Hi, and welcome to Getting Biblical, the show where I usually drink too much and talk about my favorite Bible stories. I am Matt Smith, and thank you for joining us today. So today we're going to do things a little bit differently. We are going to veer off from our normal schedule or normal uh, planned formula for the episodes. I felt remiss if I didn't bring it up or didn't didn't talk about it uh, it's been really on my mind for now a year basically uh, to do an episode like this uh, of course I am referring to today as I'm recording this is Tuesday November the 12th 2019 and it is the one year anniversary of the passing of Stan Lee right uh, needs no introduction right absolute legend uh, just so thankful for everything that he gave to us, you know, gave, you know, myself personally or whatever, you know, with with Marvel Comics, with, uh, you know, Spider-Man and Fantastic Four and just everything, everything that all entails, you know, fast forwarding to how it's evolved to the, you know, Marvel movies that we have now and just everything, everything that came from that. And, and we're going to talk about that a little bit more and how actually I do think that there's a untalked about connection between what we normally talk about on the show here you know with the bible and everything and how unspoken or untalked about how that did lead to giving us the comic book heroes and that we have here in the west uh, today and that there is a i think a correlation there and we're going to get into that i hope that by the end of this episode you'll see where i'm coming from and my hot take kind of on on the whole thing Uh, but it's just something that that's been kind of simmering in my brain and I needed to get it out so I uh, appreciate you guys bearing with me and just let me you know talk slightly sober I've had uh, one so far to drink I because it is you know anniversary of his passing I he wasn't much of a big drinker he uh, I thought there was a couple quotes uh, that uh, close friends of his have gone on to say that you know every once in a while if the occasion really called for it he would he would say well I I believe this calls for an adult beverage, and that was that was his like go-to. There was this one article I found by a guy, uh, Jim McLaughlin, who in the '90s worked for Wizard Magazine, and I guess had built up a little bit of a friendship with Stan. Uh, you can go online, you can Google, you find find. It was a he wrote this article for Wired Magazine, I believe, in in reflection of his relationship with Stan. And I think, I believe in that article, the only thing he really quotes as ever having seen Stan drink was a screwdriver, you know, simple vodka and orange juice. So I didn't have any orange juice today or I would be drinking that in his honor. Instead, I just went ahead and figured for such a guy like Stan, it deserved me to bring out my good stuff. So I went ahead and pulled out my favorite bottle, my Lagavulin. I talked about it before on the show. And that is what we're drinking today uh, in moderation, just a little bit, just, you know, pouring one out for for those that we've lost type of thing. Although not pouring it out, I'm drinking it. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and top off my glass. And with that, this bottle that was actually gifted to me for my birthday uh, 18 months ago is now empty. It's now finished. So here's to you, Stan. Anyway, there's so much about about Stanley that you know we've all I mean, we see him in the cameos. Just, just he just had such a, a light behind him. I think right, just seemed like such a great guy. And what a lot of people don't know is that Stan Lee, like, is not actually. I mean, it's not his real name, of course, right? I think we all knew that. But his real name is Stanley, first name, last name, Lieber. 
right? So Stanley Lieber was his born name, which means that he was Jewish, right? So that's a Jewish last name, and uh, he he was raised up Jewish. And there's a lot of a lot of Jewish people that started with the comic book industry way back when. You look at uh, Joel Schuster, Jerry Siegel, the two guys that created Superman, both Jewish. We already talked about that in a previous episode with the Moses Superman connection similarities type thing. We've got Bob Kane and Bill Finger, who was originally Milton Finger, but uh, the creators of you know they're both you know creators of Batman, uh, both Jewish. Uh, Joe Simon, the creator of Captain America, Jewish. Uh, Jack Kirby, can't forget Jack Kirby. We owe so much uh, for Jack Kirby's innovative art style and his amazing ability to just make dynamic and cosmic and what everything pictures uh love jack kirby he was jewish anyway so like all of, a lot of these those those creators of comics western comics back in the day so many of them were jewish and uh, we'll kind of delve into that in a little while i don't think that stan and i don't i think everyone pretty much agrees or anyone that knew him he wasn't especially later on in life was not a like religious man, right? Throughout his, he lived most of his life not really subscribing to most of the, you know, to his Jewish upbringing or his faith. Uh, seemed like a great guy. Everybody, you know, loved him. Just not super devoted religiously. And his wife, Joan, she wasn't Jewish at all. Not that that matters for making comic book stories or anything. Do you know the story of his wife? That's a pretty great story. Uh, how they met and everything. Let's go ahead and let's dive in. What are we at? We're at yeah, this will be a short episode. Let's talk. Let's talk about. So Joan uh, was his wife was actually British, and during World War II, she met one of our U.S. soldiers, not Stan, a guy named Sanford Dorf Weiss, and he was a U.S. Air Force guy, and he was stationed over there, and they met, you know, while he was serving. Uh, went on a date, and then 24 hours later, they got married. Uh, sounds like it should be a disaster, right? Like, it's a very quick turnaround. One date, 24 hours later, let's get married. They ended up staying married throughout the rest of the war, and then after, you know, we won, <laughs> uh, then uh, defeated the Nazis and everything, the war was over, she returned with him back here to the U.S. to New York where they, they lived together and she continued her modeling career over here. Four years later, after all that, still married, she finally meets Stan. And I've heard two different accounts of this first part of the story of how he met her. But uh, in essence, Stan was supposedly going to a modeling agency, uh, the one that she worked at, in order to ask out one of the models there, specifically another girl. Like There was another, like a a, a target <laughs> one in particular he was supposed to uh, i've heard some reports that it was a blind date or like a setup or something like a buddy of his was like hey i know this girl she'd be great for you you need to go meet her uh, i don't know there's a couple different little reports floating around there but either way he was going to this this place this modeling agency to officially ask out this other girl and when he gets there he knocks on the door of the modeling agency and joan answers and upon seeing Joan, Stan falls instantly in love. His jaw proverbially drops, and he tells her, "This is a this is what that's a, a great line. This could be a super creepy line if you didn't have the charisma, maybe, or the whatever. I don't I don't know what it was. They they had a, obviously a 
animal magnetism uh, or an instant attraction to each other. But it, like this could, this is a line that could definitely go south for you. But when he saw her, he told her, uh, you know, jaw dropped, all that, and he goes, he goes like, wow, like I have been drawing you my whole life. Uh, what he meant is that like you know he's, he was he was a, an artist he was a doodler his whole life and he apparently kind of had this one girl type you know is like go to how to draw a female that he would always doodle and little did he know that this his whole time like now after all those years of doodling just this random girl or whatever here in front of uh, opening the door for him was the face that he had been doodling his whole life right and uh the line worked luckily <laughs> she she was enamored she she liked it she didn't think it was creepy and he asked her out and she agrees even though she's married and um they they start going out i guess they start dating i don't i don't know at what point uh, i'm not trying to get in the stickiness of it of a you know affairs or whatnot or whatever but it went very quickly it was not a long drawn out thing either way they dated for two weeks and they decided that they wanted to get married. A little bump in the road was she was still married to the other guy. Uh, this all sounds crazy, right? This is all like Stan, like the, like we love him, like right? And this this all sounds insane. And uh, it might would have been if it was anybody else. But I tell you what, they decided to get married, and she's like, "Well, I gotta divorce my my other guy first. And so just like you can go to Vegas and get you know married, you know, at White Elvis Presley or whatever at the chapels. Apparently that was the only place they could go to to get like 24-hour divorces or something like that. So he puts her on a plane, flies her out to Reno, Nevada for a like super quick 24-hour Elvis-themed <laughs> divorce. And uh, he sends her out there. And this is, the, this is back when they don't have like cell phones or anything. You can't like text her or anything. It's hard to reach her. So she's over there and he's back in New York and he's just he's just like thinking about it, can't stop thinking about it. And he can't like check in on her. He's like, what if she gets cold feet? What if she decides not to do it? What if she doesn't, you know, like, am I gonna lose her? All this kind of stuff. So he gets on a plane and flies out after her like the next day or two days later or something like that. Like immediately, like we gotta go, I gotta go reconvince her all over. Like he's just, he's built up this whole thing in his imagination of like, she's not gonna go through with it. He lands over in Reno and she's there and like, like, great, I'm glad you're here. <laughs> you didn't need to overthink anything, but let's go ahead and go through with it. So they go ahead and get the divorce. You know, she gets the divorce from, from her previous husband. And uh, then they immediately, like the next day, they both get uh, a, a chapel wedding or whatever. You know, they go get a quick, a quick wedding. And uh, evidently, the same official, the same person that gave her the divorce was also the person that married Joan and Stan. So rights are just a wild, like, like two weeks. They've been like two, three weeks they've been together at this point. Just a crazy story. And, and this should have ended with heartache or just like whatever, like not, not a good ending. But they lived happily and in love for the next 79 years until Joan passed away in 2016. May she rest in peace. And so it, it you know, it's one of those once in a lifetime Disney story type things where if it works, it works, I guess. They just, when you know, you gotta make it happen, I guess. I don't know, I don't, not not necessarily words to, to live by or, or like, like, well, if it worked for Stan, it'll work for me. Because <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't think any of us should 
try that exactly, but uh, yeah, it's a, it's a it's a wild story. No reason that a story like that should have a happy ending, but here we are. And every and like you would think, and you would think like someone that makes like these snap decisions, right? You know, married the first guy after twenty four hours, married Stan after two weeks, and then divorced her previous husband. That sounds like just like a a mess of a woman, right? Or, or you know, or a person in general. You know, just a a person like whoa, you need to you know, you are very impulsive. You need to chill out. But every account I've ever heard is that she was an amazing person. She's the reason we had the Fantastic Four, right? Spider-Man everything. Uh, literally, Stan was frustrated with his job and comic books and everything. This was before the Fantastic Four and all that. And he was going to quit. He was going to finish it up and, and be done with it. And she told him, hey, this one time she was not impulsive. <laughs> one time she wasn't whatever. She goes, hey, before you quit chill out, you know, hang out a little bit. And she said, listen, if you're going to quit anyway, why don't you just do whatever you want? And like, what are they going to do? Fire you? You you want to leave anyway? Like, just go make one set. Because that was back when they were making like, what were they making? Like cowboy comics and I'm trying to think what else. Like just other, like just random things that never really took off. But it was just like pumping out garbage for kids to buy and she's like go make something that you're really proud of something that you like you pour your heart into that way when you quit or get fired or whatever it is you can at least say at least I did it my way and he goes yeah Joan you're right okay and from that from that conversation uh, we got the Fantastic Four which then led to the Hulk and Thor and the X-Men and Iron Man and etc 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 so um yeah just a, a great woman um evidently uh, yeah so just right i mean like behind every great man is a amazing woman or whatever the saying goes like that's that was joan all the way so so let's go back to uh i might be rambling a little bit here but so like we were talking about you know stan was jewish right and she i don't think really had a big religious affiliation or was maybe catholic i don't know i can't remember but either way and i think i think this was like the story that I'm gonna tell now is about is like kind of probably where he he fell off from his religion or like you know affiliation really with Judaism as a whole, uh, because when they were they were together, they they tried to have children. They ended up having two. Uh, the first she's been in the news. That's JC. Uh, she's the one that was there with him and uh, still I think holds the rights and everything for him like she's still there the second one that they had tragically passed away three days after being born right so that, that's a tragic story that's horrible so they, they had those two and after the second one that was as traumatic as that was they didn't try again they didn't want to have any more but then they but they, they realized that they had a loving home and that they wanted more children they wanted to raise up more children and they decided that they should adopt which is amazing, right? Like it, like you know, it's it's. I have so much respect for anyone who does that. Uh, you know, it's, it's such a like a hard thing to do, and to realize that you have a a family that you could you could give that gift to a child in need, right? To to adopt, and that's what they were gonna do. So uh, just another another thing that made Stan and Joan uh, an amazing couple and amazing people in general. But the story that that I read, the story that I found was that the first agency that they went to happen to be a Jewish adoption agency or orphanage or whatever they are. I don't know. They went in there to try and, you know, start adopting, get the process rolling. And they would not allow them to continue the adoption process because they considered Joan and Stan 
their upbringings or religions or whatever to be a split family. Stan was Jewish. She was not. And they did not want to give a child into that type of a home just because of that. Evidently, Joan was not, didn't see the need to convert to Judaism or anything like that. And so the, they shut the door on, on the, the Lee family. And like, can you imagine, like how cool would that have been if Stan and Joan had been like the Angelina, Jolie, and Brad Pitt uh, of, of adopting children of the, of the comic world or whatever, you know, like, like it breaks my heart that they weren't, that it went down this way, that they weren't able to go and start adopting kids. Like, I don't know, it would have been amazing to like, you know, I mean, it sucks to be an orphan or, you know, to need to be adopted, right? That's baseline. That's, that's shitty. But then like, then to get adopted by Stan Lee and how amazing would that have been? Like, you know, that would have been a whole story in and of itself, I think. Uh, but they got the they got the door shut in their face just because of that that one thing. And who knows? Maybe there were some things that we don't hear. Maybe they're like, oh, uh, you married your first husband after 24 hours, and then you met together, and two weeks later you divorced the one guy, and now you guys got married. Well, this isn't gonna last, right? Because they don't know the end story that we do of they lasted 79 years until she passed away. Um, they don't know the end story. They just know what they're seeing right there. So maybe they were there were other things, and maybe they just use that as as an excuse. I don't know. But in retrospect, right, seeing things how they played out, it sucks. It feels really bad. But at the time, you know, of course, I assume, right, it broke Stan's heart. Also, right, they, he wanted to bring have a family, wanted to do this with his wife, and I think it was a defining moment of when he finally you know my interpretation of or, or my assumption i guess when he finally let go of his like religious beliefs and kind of straight away from structured religion or anything like that and i don't think he was really that religious previously but i feel like that that was this any straw that broke the camel's back you know as it was right that being said it doesn't change the impact of his jewish upbringing you know, the culture, the stories, the impact of anti-Semitism, especially during World War II, all of this, that's something that doesn't go away. And here's really the point, I guess, of this episode and how I think it all connects to the show in a greater sense. Whether you're religious yourself, whether or not you believe in God or Jesus or whatever it might be, the American comic book industry and the Bible, this is my hot take, are intrinsically connected. And, and even more specifically Judaism, but, but all together, they are intertwined more than people think about or talk about. Right, that's my hot take. Without Judaism, we would have no Spider-Man. So when you, take, when you take Judaism and Christianity, there's something really unique about those belief systems and those religions that isn't found in a lot of other religions or beliefs in the world. Like, the, the, you know, the stories are different, the characters are different, you know, the things that are found, you know, in the pages of the, the, the respective holy books are different. Like, if you look at, compared to, like, Norse mythology, for instance, right, you've got Odin, Thor, Loki, all the gods, everything, and the, uh, and the same for the, the Greek gods, Zeus, Hades, Poseidon, etc. Like, these are all characters, and, and you can read, and they had their own, like, superpowers, and lightning bolts and whatever strength and you know but they weren't they weren't benevolent powerful yes a force for good not really not usually you know zeus could throw lightning at you just because he was bored and thor uh, the original thor uh 
real great at beating up frost giants and batting stuff, right? You know, he, he did on occasion protect innocence, but he did it because he liked to fight primarily, or he did it to help protect the other gods, not usually to protect mortals, right? He was a hero to the gods, not to just everyone. And you know, he saw the hot temper and all this kind of stuff. So the basis for all of these, you know, are like, look at these powerful beings that we should look up to just because they are powerful. We have to, like, fear and worship them, uh, not not because they're, you know, and I, you could say that same. I, I, I already hear the arguments like, oh, what about the Old Testament and stuff? And like, yeah, but uh, whatever, we'll get to that. Um, and like ancient uh, Egyptian beliefs and uh, like like Hinduism, all these polytheistic beliefs mostly stories of powerful gods doing powerful things and like some sometimes it's like cool yeah like like Ra right in Egyptian um, <laughs> ancient ancient Egypt stuff you know thanks Ra for carrying the sun on your head and riding in a chariot and space around earth so we have a sunrise and sunset that's cool thanks it's beneficial for us here on the planet that need the sun to live but it's still like so different than like than having a hero figure, someone to rise up and and help save people, you know, a savior. That's very biblical. Yes, the Bible is about God and the creation of the universe and his master plan or whatever, but it's also very much about the people that are involved with it. The, the nobodies that stood out and stood up and became the hero, right? Moses stood up and led the people out of slavery. I mean, God, like, God told him how to, you know, told him he wanted him to do it. He gave him the instructions, but Moses did it. Moses was the leader. He was the, the mortal guy, the hero. Joseph, thrown into slavery by his brothers, turned it around and helped everyone in Egypt and his own family, you know, survive the famine, uh, save countless lives. Uh, yeah, of, of course, Samson, right, literally had superpowers, super strength, saved his people from the bad guys as well. Uh, we talked about others. Esther, you know, she stood up, again, to save her people from genocide. Uh, Joshua, King David, Daniel, right, Lion's Den, all that. That left-handed guy who killed that fat-ass king, I can't remember his name. Uh, you know, whatever, like, like all the way to Christianity. And of course, with Jesus being the culmination of all that lead up, Jesus, you know, lived a perfect sinless life, an innocent man who took on the sins of the world to pay the price and offer a path of salvation for all humanity. You know, the savior, right? The guy. And yeah, I mean, he was, he was God come down, made flesh and all that kind of stuff. So not just like a nobody dude, but still that like savior idea the the person standing up and doing a thing not just cowering in fear of you know zeus's lightning bolts and we have to worship the gods because this right you know the bible's about covenants with god and man and 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 that's how we get our our quote-unquote saviors or our people to stand up and help save the other people that can't do it themselves that type of thing you know, th this idea of someone either being called upon or just seeing what needs to be done and then doing it, that idea isn't super represented in a lot of other religions. Uh, and I think that's an idea that is hardwired into Jewish people and the culture, uh, even if they don't realize it. 
And I, th and I think that's where we get our idea of Western, you know, superheroes in general from, right? You know, looking up, for, you know, looking for someone to be a hero, you know, someone standing up. And I could probably do another, like, a bigger, like, how... I, I, I haven't done the research exactly on this, but, like, you know, a bigger comparison of, like, how our stories in in the West have evolved versus, like, like Japanese, you know, like their types of stories not just like anime and manga necessarily but you know like the older stuff that they that they grew up with uh what was I'm trying to think like what like the story of the dragon ball um why am i drawing a blank was uh journey to the west that type of thing or whatever uh, you know the, the monkey king like I, um maybe maybe the same thing i don't know I, i'd have to do like a deeper study and maybe i'm just making up a bunch of stuff and i don't know what i'm talking about i don't know just an idea that was rolling around in my head but i think it's overlooked that 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 all these guys, uh, you know, the guys that created Superman, the guys that created Batman, the guys that created Captain America, Jack Kirby, you know, did all the art for things, and et cetera, et cetera. That's just the tip of the iceberg. There's a bunch of other Jewish guys in there, and I, I think that something that gets overlooked and talked about, and I don't know why I decided to get on a soapbox about this today, but I wanted I wanted to talk about really the fact that I miss Stan Lee, and I'm sad that he passed, uh, and I hope he's resting in peace. And I guess this is the thing that struck up in my head as a way that I could talk about it on the show without it feeling super selfish or something and just as a therapy session for me. So anyway, uh, next time you're at the theater waiting in line to get your tickets for the next big summer MCU blockbuster or whatever, you know, just uh, remember me a little bit. Remember this episode. Remember what we talked about. Think about Stan, of course. Think about Jack Kirby, Joel Schuster, Jerry Siegel hope that you take a moment and think about these aspects and remember these stories and and the link between abraham isaac joseph and peter parker <laughs> that's it for today quick little episode thank you guys for for sticking through with me rest in peace stan thank you for your light your creativity for teaching us all what it is to be a hero we miss you and we love you 3000 hope you all have a fantastic week Cheers.